0: radio. I'm Lori Regan,
1: and I'm
0: Very thrilled that David Ford is back again with us today. Last week we did a general introduction to acupuncture, and seeing the map of the body that's portrayed or that's uh, represented on the body in the acupuncture meridians. Heiner has given us some background about the ancient mapping that, and David has been talking about his clinical experience. We want to focus today on that clinical experience. We'd love for you, David, to give us more stories about patients you've treated, about experiences you've had, and about transformations that you've been participating in.
2: Well, again, thank you for the opportunity of sharing with two, two lovely souls. And, and uh, Laurie, if you would, I'd would love to just begin by sharing a, a couple of personal stories, not necessarily sequentially, but um, I actually began studying with a woman called Mary Burmeister, and in phoenix arizona who just died recently and who when she was alive she was one of the people i'd you know quite clearly proclaimed was a living saint she was just remarkable and she as she brought the system called jinshin jutsu to the united states from japan and i own a tea garden took that system and kind of um refined it and changed it a little bit and came up with the idea of jinshin Do. you may have heard of iron books um she's quite well known
1: mm-hmm.
2: and <clears throat> one of the things that um, Mary said all the time was just, you know, that if you watch if, if you watch a person, if you go to a party or go out for dinner or you watch a friend, and you sit and watch them for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes, the longer, the more specific you get. The people, we all actually treat ourselves all the time. Everyone on the planet, including animals, is actually giving themselves treatments without knowing that they're doing it. And again, my teacher, uh, Jack Worsley, my five element teacher, reiterated this exactly the same idea. So people will actually hold on to points on their meridians where their specific blocks are. And if you just watch a person's patterns for a while, you can actually tell the organs or the points that are out of function. So I've been studying with Mary for five years when I went to acupuncture school and I was in Oxford, England. And my initial diagnosis was um, at the time I was this long-haired hippie wearing all white clothes and a vegetarian. And it was... It was I'd say rather rigid in some ways about my belief systems um, I was displaying in a way that was metal, which is the lung and large intestine. I had very set ideas and I was also suffering from uh, adult o- onset asthma. And um, I knew, you know, the points, but I didn't know anything about the point names or the specifics or the fact that point there are five points on each meridian that are actually related to each element. So far, earth, metal, water, wood, flora. Um, and the first treatment I got was I got three moxibustions, which is a little cone of artemisius vulgaris latifori, which is mugwort, were burnt on the point. And then I got a tonification treatment on lung number nine. And I did not know anything about the energetics at that point. That night I went to bed and went to sleep. And I was in Oxford, and I, um, during the night I had this dream that I was walking up to the entrance of this cave with a, a person who I knew in the dream as being familiar, but I didn't know in person. And they said to me, you should see what we've done to the cave. And immediately this started happening. I also had this parallel memory of having this dream throughout my life from the time I started getting asthma when I was about 13 up until this moment. And we walked into the cave. And before I go to the detail of the dream, I, during from 13 years old to this acupuncture treatment, whenever I'd have an asthma attack and if I was asleep, I used to have this nightmare. And in the nightmare, I was walking up to this cave entrance, which was very narrow. It was a limestone Cave, and I had to go through this cave, and it was a long way through. Um, and it was very terrifying. It was dark and damp and wet, and there was creepy crawly things crawling on me, and things hanging out of the ceiling and damp. And I couldn't see where I was going, and I had to squeeze through tight places, and it would really made me panicked. So that was the lifelong dream I had. In this dream, I woke up, and the gentleman says to me, You should see what we've done to the cave, David. And we walk up to the entrance and they'd been hollowed out so it's huge. You could have about twelve people standing side by side walking into it. And we went down these beautifully made stairs into this hallway which was had carpet on the floor, this the whole thing been hollowed out and it was it was again about twelve people wide and about twenty feet high and rounded ceilings. And the ceilings were painted yellow and the bookshelves on the walls and it was warm and it was friendly and people were smiling and laughing and I was I woke myself out of the dream. I was so like excited I woke myself out of the dream leapt out of bed and ran over to my new book that I got, Worsley's um, acupuncture book which has the names of the points then flung it open to the Lung Meridian and looked up Lung the Nine and the name of the point was called Very Great Abyss which is one of the interpretations of it and it's the um, earth point and the colour yellow is the colour of earth symbolically is the earth point on the Lung Meridian which is the mother point to the lung because in Chinese medicine the spleen is the mother to the lung, in other words if you have Lung Dysfunction. A lot of times what you do is actually uh, go back and treat the spleen and it'll help the lung. So I'm just absolutely shocked. I'm like, oh my God, this is just remarkable. And that was the last asthma attack I ever had. Now, not necessarily everyone who gets one point treatment is going to get rid of their asthma in one treatment. But in my case, I never had another asthma attack in my life and haven't since. So, on my first week of studying at acupuncture school, I immediately also went, Oh my God, this medicine is powerful, and there is actually meaning to these points, and they're not just randomly picked. So, that began my lifelong quest into um, the study of the names of the points and their energetic effect in nature. I'd be interested to hear Heiner's take on that in terms of because I know there's different interpretations for that point.
1: No, you put. Definitely, I think the most important thing to make people aware of is the tremendous power that is associated with every single place in our body. Our body is therefore a sacred landscape where every place in it is equally important and stores vital psychological, emotional, and biochemically relevant information. And... um, if you stimulate a specific place it can while the body of course has the ability to block out unwanted information it will eagerly absorb information that it needs and if you stimulate the right point then and give it some reaction time then amazing things can happen um i've seen that uh in herbalism, which is more my uh, modality, where you have these alchemical formulas that can be very directional and tight. And uh, some patient comes in and says, I'm sweating profusely. And then my teacher looks at the formula that he's been taking so far, the patient, and then gives him back the same prescription but scratches out five different herbs on it and says the previous physician didn't really know uh, what the reason for your sweating is and therefore prescribed you three different formulas that all treat sweating from different perspectives, sort of a shotgun approach, and then by scratching out the ones that he thought weren't necessary and leaving the one that he thought was, then immediately the sweating went away. And I see that very often in acupuncture that... uh, Uh, this modern approach of the more the better is being applied and uh, lots of needles are being put into people without giving them any reaction time and you were just uh, uh, sharing with us your own experience of uh, showing not only what can happen when you needle only uh, one point but also how specific... The, that information is and how precisely the ancient Chinese described the consciousness and the energetic quality held in that particular place in the body.
2: Mm. And, Heiner, if I could carry that further, just to, to carry that story further a little further, as I said at the time, I was I was quite rigid about my belief systems. I swore I was going to be a vegetarian for the rest of my life. I was never going to cut my hair. I had hair down to my butt and a beard down to my, my sternum. And I wear these big white flying clothes and I was quite, um, um, as I said, mineral-like or metal-like. I had very hard edges around my belief systems. Within three weeks of getting that treatment, I went and got my hair cut in Oxford, England, and got it all cut off. And my beard trimmed. I started dreaming about eating meat and started having more and more dreams about eating meat to the point where I finally realized my body was trying to tell me I needed meat. And um, I threw away my white clothes and started dressing normally. And so there's also this, again, we think of this biochemical idea in, in Western medicine, but there's also the spiritual, emotional, psychological profile to these organs. And so what happened is my lung and large intestine, through a, a few more treatments, became softened up, became more flexible and, and um, pliable like a soft metal like gold or copper rather than this kind of rigid hardness like a you know steel or something like that um there are a couple more little interesting stories that went on with that and um the idea in five element is you try and do one point treatments because each point has such a profound power and one of the things i talk to people about the actual names of the points is i've come to the point from 40 years of clinical experience that i really believe that not only are the organs living intelligent entities who have um, lifestyles, needs, wants, hopes, wishes, and dreams like we do as individual human beings, but each um, point has a specific function in the body that involves a psychological, spiritual, emotional profile, and they actually are mandated by heaven to use that idea of the Chinese idea of heaven, not the Western idea. The kind of the cosmic, they have a cosmic mandate to do what they're meant to do. So. Part of this series of treatments, she started treating on the lungs, but she decided to give me a um, point a point on my stomach meridian, which is one of the names of it as Three Mile, which is the earth point on the stomach meridian. So it's, it's like during the earth point, it's like going out and digging your garden and putting new loam in your garden and organic substances and seaweed to make your garden more viable and productive. Again, she mocks at the point, and this was on about treatment number three or four. She mocks at the point and needled it gave me eight moxes and needle, And um, after the treatment, I was in Oxford, England, and I went out from the clinic and walked down this long slope that was on the ground grass, and literally every single step I took, I felt like I was sinking into the earth up to my knees. I mean, there was this visceral feeling of like I, was, I wasn't stepping on the earth, I was stepping into the earth, but with great ease. And um, so that was, again, as a farmer, you know, you go back to this redneck farm boy from South Canterbury idea who wasn't too much into esoterica. You can imagine what kind of effect they had on me. And then a little later on, she gave me a treatment on the liver and gallbladder meridian. And Chinese medicine, liver and gallbladder, has to do with um, rules, laws, and boundaries, and planning for the liver and decision-making for the gallbladder. And is often called the general, although I prefer to call it the um, architect, because I don't think there have been too many good generals in world history. And um, she gave me this treatment on the source point of the liver meridian, which is also the earth point, liver number three. And um, I, uh, we were driving back into Oxford, and she said, "Oh, this is a really good opportunity for you to get angry because someone had cut us off in the in the um, traffic." And one of my constructs as this long-haired hippie vegetarian was that I was very Jesus-like, and I never got angry, and I was peaceful, and you know, I, I was above anger. And I said, I, "I said to her, I never get angry, you know." And then the next day, I went to the post office to post some of my transcripts to the to the college, and I invi- asked the postman to to frank my stamp so that it had the date on it because it had to be in on that day, and he wouldn't do it. And I stood at the post counter for 45 minutes shouting at this man, trying to make him um, frank the stamp, and he would not do it. And I just stood there. There's a line going out the door behind me. I wouldn't move. Everyone was telling me, get out of the way. And I said, I'm not leaving until I get this stamp. And uh, and then I, uh, he wouldn't do it. I finally walked out of the post office and walked out the door, and this voice goes, never get angry, huh? So this was a very, again, visceral experience of seeing these organ archetypes that we talk about in oriental medicine and acupuncture really coming to the fore in reality and time. And this is what I observe over and over again throughout the 40 years is to watch people who get treated on a specific organ, all of a sudden they get their life back and their order back into their life. So we gave that example last week of the woman with menopause and one of my one of my ideas with this is if we take the triple warmer meridian and we look at Western endocrinology, it absolutely matches up. If you read the history of the ancient history of the triple warmer and you read modern endocrinology, it has an absolute matchup. So even if a person is not a triple warmer, it's not their constitutional archetype, when women woman going through menopause and men are going through andropause, I will treat points on the on the meridian of the triple warmer just to balance and harmonize the hormone system. So Heiner talked about his master taking out the five herbs. By the description the teacher or the patient gives, you can tell which particular element is not functioning. So they may not be getting enough water to cool down their fire, so you do the water point. Or maybe the fire has gone out, so you do the fire point on the triple warmer. Or maybe they need to have more wood put on the fire, so you do the wood point on the triple warmer. Maybe there's no earth to contain that fire, so you do the earth point. And then there are the five element points, and then there are other points on the meridian. There are 23 points on the triple meridian, so you can use spirits of the points. For example, they have a point called relax and joy on the triple meridian. And relax and joy is a point that, you know, if you get someone who's coming in, going through andropause and menopause, and as women and men will report when they're going through that, they can get very depressed or very angry or very upset or extremely strong emotions, if you do relax and joy on the triple Meridian, that will help them to like settle down and calm down and go through the process, the natural organic process of um, that happens around aging. So there's some little examples of this. Now these points show up in nature. Uh, so the names of the points actually show up and the, the Sha Men and Sha Woman, as we said last week, actually discover these points by looking at images in nature. And part of these wilderness classes we teach at NCM and through our little wilderness acupuncture institute uh, uh, to awaken people to saying this is what this point represents in your body.
0: So David, tell us a little bit about how you got interested in really understanding the representation of the acupuncture points in nature.
2: Um, well, Laurie, what I started to realize is that uh, unfortunately, and this is one of the sad things I think in the modern world, is if you look at our acupuncture schools in the United States and in New Zealand and Europe and other places, China, um, and our naturopathic medicine schools, we practice natural medicine, but all of us, are, most of us that are living in large cities have no relationship to the natural world at all, do not spend any time in it. So how can we really have a visceral relationship to these points if we don't actually understand the, the images that are presented to us? So, one of the things I started to realize is that, you know, I've always, all my life, I grew up on a farm and I spent, started going out alone into the wilderness, deer hunting and tar hunting and chamois hunting at the age of about 12 years old. And, you know, spending long periods of time alone in the wilderness and developing this very, very close personal intimate relationship with it. It was based not on fear but on deep comfort and a deep sense of belonging. And I started to realize that the practitioners of this medicine actually don't understand their own medicine. And so it initially started out as being, I need to take people out to say, show them that when they're doing kidney number three, which is called greater mountain stream, great stream, right? That's one of the interpretations of it. Um, and again, remembering what we said last week, that if Heiner and I sit down we look at a kanji and I said, this is Jack Worsley's interpretation on this point, he'll say, yes, that's accurate or no, it could be different than that. Um, and Heiner, you can, I'd love to hear your comment on that when I just finished this little thought. Um, I started to realize that people didn't have these relationships. And if they had the relationship and they brought that energy to the point when they treated it, then that would have a profoundly different result with their teachers. And again, I'm using the idea of the patient as a teacher. <clears throat> so let's take a great amount of the stream, for instance. It's a point on the kidney meridian. It's the earth point on the kidney, kidney meridian. And what you, when you do that point, what it does is it reestablishes all of the streams and rivers and moving waters in your body because we have the same representation inside of ourselves. And one of the natures of the water element of the kidney and the bladder is the water does not run in straight lines. It's crooked. It runs in circles and oxbows. And, and if you look at the way we've designed the modern world, everything's in squares and grids and straight lines and i think one of the reasons we have so much insanity in the modern world is because we don't amble anymore like a river does we don't meander we don't kind of walk around in small circles and spin around and do things like that so when you do this point and anyone that helps to re-establish that now i can use greater mountain stream and i have thousands of images in my head Laurie, of mountain streams around the world in alaska and new zealand and canada and California and the desert and stuff like that and depending on the person's kidney strength because if you use a great big mountain stream on someone who doesn't have a lot of kidney chi you're going to blow them out of the water literally so you have to monitor your treatment by the amount of chi the person displays to you so that's what got me turned on to it and then I started to realize that you know the teachers the patients would really benefit from this too so we opened it up to everyone and I'm not only to open up to practitioners and students and patients, but at this point in history in our teaching school, our wilderness teaching school, I want anyone from any profession, anywhere to come along because it changes their outcomes if they understand this r- relationship between themselves and nature.
1: David, you put your finger there on an important point, and that is one of the uh, reasons also for us to do uh, the radio show in the first place is... Um, Number one, to alert people to the power of natural medicine and at the same time to uh, point out the limitations that are presently uh, upon us um, uh, practicing and aspiring to a system of holistic and natural medicine in modern times. And it is indeed a paradox is that at a time when we are expanding the concept of natural medicine that we are more than ever removed from nature. Therefore, it is particularly important for us to speak with people like yourself who think of nature not as a theoretical concept, but something that requires a visceral immersion in it. And um, as a scholar, I've always tried to bring to my students in modern times the sense how ancient people were immersed in nature and uh, bringing the nature relationship from the classics to them in a form of transmission in in acupuncture by enlivening the rote memorization of the points which because the acupuncture is probably the prime example how we have almost 30,000 practitioners in this country but people don't have very much of a direct experience of the points more sort of a the way how they're being taught uh, to us is through rote memorization. However, there's a deeper level that we can aspire to and this reconnection to nature is most important here. Um, At the same time, because I'm experiencing this everywhere, is when I'm talking about the mythology, the stories of the point names... Uh, to acupuncture students around the world, or people who have already been practicing for a long time, there's great enthusiasm, but at the same time also a great, yeah, disappointment that they think that this world uh, is not open to them because they don't uh, can't read Chinese themselves. And I always try and remind them that modern times is. These modern times are actually the best time to study a nature. uh, And because because we are so removed from it, there is a tremendous yearning there. We don't take it for granted. Uh And we have in our profession a tremendous amount of people that are extremely intuitive and just know when they put their hands on the body, the body will speak to them. And um, what you are, in essence, doing there by taking people out into nature and giving them a vivid image of a specific point um, is can happen also when people just explore the landscape, because the body is a part of nature and it has all of nature's memory inside of it, and these images are emerging from within the body, Uh, the pathology of the patient, you might feel that in the body of the practitioner, but also the the right kind of images may come to you. Uh, Of course, it's extremely important here that you have some experience of nature yourself. So in your case, uh, having seen thousands of streams is very helpful in the practice of acupuncture. And in ancient China, Daoist monks, who were very often healing practitioners, they were systematically sent onto healing journeys, where they would uh, uh, leave their monastery and experience different landscapes of China, so that they had these sights stored inside of their heart forever, and could them use them in their their visualization uh, practices.
2: Yeah, and one of the lovely things with that is one of the things I do with my teachers and my students is to work on the idea of um, <clears throat> letting, uh, inviting them to develop a repertoire. And one of the things I say to people is when people say, I go into nature a lot, I say, what do you mean? And they say, well, I go for a walk in Forest Park or I go for a walk in you know the downtown park or whatever. And I say, this is an interesting metaphor for the modern age is that is not nature. When I talk about nature, I'm talking about going into a climax um, landscape where it's actually come to its natural steady state because that's where you see the the biodiversity and complexity of um, the natural world and that's what we're losing not only in the natural world I just read an article in the New Zealand Listener this week that 50% of the forests native forests on the planet have been destroyed and it's like a metaphor for what's going on inside of our body just in terms of the way we treat ourselves the food we eat the long hours we keep the distress of cities so that one of the really important things for the students of and practitioners of and teachers of this medicine and the patients is actually to take them in, in a safe way that is um, where they can get used to the enormity of the experience out in natural settings to to actually start to see these relationships. And I invite people to use images so they can treat themselves without having to come back to see me all the time. Because the idea of the practitioner or, or the doctor is in actual fact in this medicine is to, to get your coming to see you for help in and out of your office as fast as possible, with as little money spent as possible of their personal resources and recovered. So what I find is if they have this re-established relationship with the natural world and they start to actually work on self-healing as well, which is one of the great endeavors of our medicine, is to get people so they're actually harmonizing and healing themselves without coming to us for help unless it's in extreme circumstances.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's important to encourage our um, listeners to uh, not be afraid of the bo- of nature in general and the body specifically and uh, that all of us have the wisdom and the ability to uh, connect uh, with the wisdom of the body by simply touching different places on the body that feel sore and s- experiencing what happens when we massage that soreness away. And then as we gather experience, doing that in others, that alone can... uh, Some people are very hands-on and are incredibly gifted um, when it comes to having this innate uh, intelligence and developing that in in, in actual hands-on experience Um, without any knowledge of Chinese and even without going into nature, just working with... an with the body that is in, in front of them.
2: Again, I'm going to get back to this point I made before, is that this is what the 365 points do. They're like this, this moving landscape we have on us, which reawakens this us to the complexity of, of nature and life. And one of those I find interesting right now, I'm working with uh, people in my, I'm going to be 60 this year, and working with people my age range who are going through andropause and menopause, et cetera there's a there's a in western medicine right now uh, endocrinology is a very very new um, study or new science in terms of its number of years basically the last 35 years is when we first really started to, to realize the effect of the endocrine gland system on on the human psyche um there's this huge emphasis right now with people in my age range about um, thyroid function and how there's a problem with our thyroids and our age in actual fact if you I'd be interested if you can concur with this, but what I'm finding is that, in actual fact, if you want to treat people in our age range, you work on the adrenals um, because it's an adrenal insufficiency which causes all the rest of the endocrine gland system to go out of whack. So, one of the greatest points for doing this is a point on the triple meridian, which is on the corner of the shoulder blade, um, up on the very top of the shoulder, um, and it's called um, Heavenly Bone, is the name of the point. And when you get people who are profoundly bone-tired, which is most of the Western world right now, we're, we're completely exhausted just from the lifestyles that we lead because we're not living the agricultural life anymore. We live what we call normal. is actually highly hyper- hyperactive. So at that point, heavenly bone, if you um, needle that or moxer it or do acupressure on it or put essential oils on it, will take people into this profoundly deep state that goes right into the core of their bones and and the bladder and the kidney affect the bone marrow in Chinese medicine. And it restores energy in the bone marrow and restores the adrenal function and therefore adjusts the the endocrine gland system. So you can treat the endocrine gland system through the spirits of the points. Um, Another point I use a lot on the triple meridian is uh, triple warmer 23 which is called um, silk bamboo hollow again one of the interpretations and Heine can give others in a moment but uh, if you use silk bamboo hollow if you've ever been in a bamboo forest it's like being in this very highly fortified fortress where the wind blows through the bamboo like silk so you have this beautiful softness and then you have this idea of the hollow a place that you can sit in and, and redeem or sit in and meditate and reflect to restore yourself. So this is a point that's really good for people who are very hyper-vigilant and over-defended, who've had experiences of being violated in certain ways in their lives through emotional or physical experiences. It reestablishes the capacity to have a, an energy field around you that's like a, a defensive shield that keeps out viruses and bacteria and other people's thought forms and you know, the, the kind of vagaries of, hum, of the human experience. So this is how we're using the points based on the conversations that the patient teacher talked to us about um, with the different meridians.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. We're out of time, but we really want to thank you for sharing your many years, decades even, of, ex- of experience with us. Thanks, David.
2: Thank you, Laurie, and thank you, Heiner.
0: That's it for our episode of True Nature Radio today. I'm Laurie Regan.
1: And I'm Heiner Fruhoff. If you are interested in pursuing a career in acupuncture yourself, find the website of the School of Classical Chinese Medicine at National College of Natural Medicine, ncnm.edu, or go to classicalchinesemedicine.org. If you're specifically interested in David Ford's work, go to wildernessacupuncture.com.